Hi, this is Jay Ossing from Twin Peaks The Return. You're listening to Inspirado Projecto. Thank you, Jay Ossing from Twin Peaks The Return for the extraordinary promo. Thank you in advance, Blythe Baines, for your promo. Uh, We also have Henry D. Horse giving us a fun fact. And to answer the question before we hear it next, no, I have not, man behind the machine, I have not heard of the UFO flying uh, in California recently. It's quite possible. It's from the Galactic Federation. Very quite possible. However, I can assure you that this episode is great. It features Rob Fronebarger, who I met on TikTok. This man is a wealth of knowledge, and one of these things has to do with, one of these subjects has to do with UFOs. So, uh, get ready. Get ready. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Inspirato Projecto. People on the 101 freeway saw UFOs in L.A.? for that ufo to follow they're following the 101 that's the one they know where the action is and they don't want to sit on traffic in traffic on the 405 so they they chose a better one there see I, it, have you heard about this ufo in la this is galactic federation or what's going on have you heard about this have you seen it they tried to photoshop it they couldn't they tried to see if any things were were like remarkable as far as an edit or anything and they just couldn't find it now that's not to say that people can't do some pretty incredible things with photoshop and especially what we see in movies uh but as far as is it a photoshop or is it a real ufo in la next bad news for real house what is up hey what's going on can you hear me clearly i just i actually plugged in a a a, a microphone for this i can can you hear me okay yes so, Excellent. ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for listening to another episode of Inspirato Projecto. We have here Rob Fronebarger, who is, uh, you will find, he's got his own podcast called Rob Dream Surfers QHHT, which you can surf. That is on, uh, that's on Anchor as well, and many, many other places, just like Inspirato Projecto, iTunes, Spotify, all kinds of places. Uh, I'll put the link to his, to his podcast in the description. Now, I met Rob. On TikTok, I meet a lot of fascinating folks on TikTok who are interested in a wide variety of subjects. And um, Rob began learning quantum healing hypnosis technique, which is by uh, Dolores Cannon. What what drew you to uh, quantum healing hypnosis technique, Rob? When when I came across uh, QHHT. I personally uh, was in a very difficult position in my life. Uh, A lot of people would call it dark night of the soul. Uh, I was in a a marriage that wasn't doing so great. Uh, You know, I had two beautiful kids, but I was uh, battling alcoholism and things of that nature. And life just, it was really not, not where I knew it needed to be. Mm-hmm. And uh, 
I was desperate for a change. I didn't know uh, really what to do. And uh, I, I came across by some uh, divine intervention, uh, just saw a name on Facebook with uh, the QHHT tag at the end of it. And I, I happened to click on it and see it was quantum healing hypnosis therapy. And I got the idea, well, you know, maybe this could help benefit me in, in the things that I'm dealing with and the things that I want to change in my life that I just can't seem to uh, get a hold of for myself. And uh, so I reached out to this guy and we talked briefly. Um, I don't even know that he mentioned uh, Dolores Cannon when we spoke, but um, he told me what it is exactly that he did, and I decided to give it a try. And uh, over Skype, we talked. Uh, we talked for about an hour or an hour and a half, which is about how long I talk to my clients. Um, just to kind of get my story and uh, learn what it is specifically that I was looking for, uh, what I needed to change. And um, then from there, uh, he just kind of talked to me and I drifted off into this very relaxed, very peaceful uh, state of awareness. And, um, I remembered a lifetime that I lived where I was a female uh, in the Renaissance era. I don't recall the exact year, but um, I could see the house that I lived in. I could see my family. I could correlate those family members to uh, people that are in my life today. Um, I saw... Uh, my husband in that lifetime was hung and killed, and the grief uh, from that lifetime threw me into a cycle of substance abuse, at which point, um, at some point during that cycle, I decided to poison myself and take my own life. And um, I came out of the regression and none of it really made sense to me uh, at the time. I didn't really gain a lot from it, I guess, uh, immediately, as far as understanding goes. Um, I did, however, walk away from the alcohol. And um, from I haven't I haven't drank since uh, since me and Martin did that session. Wow. And uh, <clears throat> it just, it, it got, <clears throat> excuse me, it got rid of cravings. It got rid of thoughts of, of the alcohol. And I didn't really have uh, withdrawals for the most part. <clears throat> but um, what was interesting about the session is a couple of years later, uh, I was sitting in my new home, um, 
looking at finalized uh, divorce papers, which, you know, I, at the time I did not, I did not want, um, but I, I managed to stick with, you know, a positive mindset and keep, keep looking forward, know that, that there's a plan, that there's a reason that I'm here, there's a reason that I'm experiencing what I'm experiencing. And even though I may not understand it, one day I will. And I'm looking at these divorce papers, and they're finalized, they're signed. And, you know, people say that, that they see their life flash before their eyes. Well, it, it was kind of like that, but I was able to see that past life flash before my eyes and see the things in that life and the events in this life intertwine with each other. And as I'm sitting and talking to, uh, she was my friend at the time, and she is now my fiance. Um, she was there to, you know, give give me support, give me emotional support, and you know, we also uh, kept each other focused on on positive on positive things and uh, so I was talking to her about the divorce and she was making sure that I was okay and these things start to intertwine uh, within my, my mind's eye I guess you could say and I could see the correlation between the reason that I experienced uh, the destruction and departure of a long-term relationship and had to endure everything that I did in this life with that marriage and losing it and and uh, having to start over is because in the previous life, when that happened, instead of continuing forward, I chose to take my own life and end my contract early. And in doing so, that immediately elected for me to have to come back and mm. this, you know, if you will, repay that karmic debt. I was not supposed to take my own life. You know, that if suicide is, is a, it's something that is very sensitive in, in today's uh, culture. Um, there are a lot of people that are suffering out there. And it's, you know, something I was always taught um, at this lifetime is that it's it's a temporary or it's a permanent solution for a temporary problem. Mm -hmm. and, and that was something that always kind of kept me from following through. But there were times in my life that I did have suicidal ideation. I did have um, very extremely traumatic things that that I went through. Um, growing up uh, experience from the, the people around me, the culture around me. I was never really accepted uh, by a lot of the, the local people because I was just, I was different. I was different from everyone else. I saw the world in a different way. Um, and I, I was one of those kind of outside of the box thinkers. And um, that's not that's not how people around here, uh, where I'm from, typically uh, 
think day to day. And so anyways, um, the reason for me to have gone through the divorce and to begin anew was experienced in this life again because I did not persevere through it the last life. Right. In this lifetime, I still went through um, the ideations and things. And I, you know, I felt, I felt as if I felt that woman that was grieving for her husband, you know, and, and in this life, I was grieving for the relationship that I lost. And it's all, all at once while I was sitting on the couch talking with, with Lindsay about all of it, um, everything, like I said, it was intertwining and coming together and making sense. And uh, I actually recorded it. And, and for about an hour and a half or two hours, I sat and explained to her how every event in that lifetime tied into some event in this lifetime. And, and all of it... Um, made sense now and how I understood, you know, I understood why I went through everything that I went through in my life. And, um, it all gave me this new perception, this new understanding and the ability to, uh, appreciate and have gratitude for the relationship that I have now, because now I have found and in a, a relationship and a soulmate, everything that I have ever wanted, um, you know, someone who's on the same wavelength, the same frequency as me, and both of us have the same <clears throat> growing, uh, growing set of, of things that we we want to pursue, we, our dreams, you know, our hunger for knowledge. So all of those things without um, experiencing what I did and losing the long-term uh, relationship that I was in, it was 10 years that, that we were together, um, you know, losing that gave me an, a completely different outlook and appreciation for what I have now because without it, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be where I am. And, you know, we all go through negative things in life or things that are painful or traumatic. And those things hurt and, and emotions are, are difficult and they're extreme sometimes. But what, what we don't understand as they're happening is that those things are happening to us for a reason that we don't yet see. There's something that we're supposed to gain from that, something we're supposed to understand and grow from in those things. And a lot of times, you know, we go through life and we do grow and learn from those things, but it can turn us bitter. Um, it can make people, you know, angry. There's lots of different ways that, that a misinterpretation of something can negatively affect your life. But the hypnosis uh, session with uh, Martin was his name, uh, QHHT session that I did, it 
unknowingly started a domino effect that would lead me to uh, my my soul's path, my my journey. This is I know that this is what I'm meant to do because the profound way that it changed my life and gave me new understanding, gave me hope, uh, gave me happiness, and was able to allow me to let go of an addiction that was crippling me. Uh, I wanted to be able to share this with the world. And if, if I could, I've always said, you know, even with the, the content that I post on my TikTok page, you know, I, I, I'm a truth seeker. And if, if there is anything that I can share that positively affects even one person in the way that these things have affected me, then every bit of it is worth it. I find it incredible that you, so it's interesting. So in order to find your new self after losing your old self, and what I'm referring to is your old marriage and your, and your former, you know, your former habits and all that stuff. So in order to lose that old self and find your new self, it was, it was imperative for you to go back and investigate your past self to see how that reverberates with your current self. I just think it's so fantastic. It's a total, it's a total infinity symbol right there. And the fact that you're able to, you were able to see those sim, uh, symbols and you're able to apply those symbols in your own life. And the, w- and the way that, um, you know, the QHHT sessions are, it's like, uh, you're the second one that I have done. And, and, you know, just like with the first one, I needed a, at least a, you know, at least a week, I think to kind of really play back over in my brain, the events of what happened in there. And, and on right. top of that, in, uh, and this is in relation to what you're saying with seeing the parallels of your past self and what's going on in your current self. But as I'm reviewing <clears throat> um, what I went through in that, in that version, um, I can definitely see those parallels and realizing, whoa, okay, that's why, you know, I, I might react this way or why I might react that way or why I'm hesitant to do this or do that or. Um, yes. You know, that stuff, it starts to surface, you know, it starts to come to you. Fears and phobias are one of the number one things that you're able to uh, correlate with events that have happened in a past life or a memory of, of another lifetime. Things that you've always been afraid of or, or never understood why you just kind of you didn't like something or or you didn't really, you didn't vibe with it. It it can always tie back into an experience that is from another lifetime. And that is, that is something that, that almost every uh, client that I've worked with has, has been able to gain from it. If anything is to understand a fear of something. And one of the things that I tried to do um, that, you know, Dolores Cannon did write a book about, um, it's called Between Death and Life, uh, but she didn't really focus so much into uh, the afterlife aspect as another uh, hypnotist, Michael Newton, he's still, he's still practicing, um, another world-renowned hypnotist, thousands of cases of past lives that have been even
been historically verified that these people lived. Um, the uh, one of Michael Newton's main focuses is on the afterlife and what happens after we die. And what I do is I take the client through the life, and then I take them through the last day of their life and the death that they experienced as an observer so they don't experience any type of uh, physical. It's called ab reaction. So a person can, like if someone is drowning, having a memory of drowning in a past life, they can physically in the room in front of you start foaming at the mouth and gasping for air because it's as if they are reliving this. So Dolores taught her method in a way to um, keep the client protected and, and keep them from experiencing physical symptoms and abreaction. So, uh, but anyways, the uh, go through the death, see them take the last breath, and then follow the soul out of the body and see where it goes. And every single person, Kurt, every person, all uh, the everything is getting smaller. They're being pulled up. They can see getting smaller. They can see the stars in the sky. Then they begin seeing planets. And then you know they're being pulled up away from this plane of existence. And then someone will always come and get them. And that person um, is different for each individual. Um, I've had one one client, um, <clears throat> Anubis, came and got her. Um, I've had one client, her grandfather. <clears throat> but anyways, the uh, the someone will come and get them, and then take them to a place where there is a book. It's usually a domed room, a circle room, with a podium in the middle. Whoa. And there will be a book. Whoa. This, this is what they call the Book of Life, the Akashic Records. The person then goes to that book, and they go through, in front of almost like a council, a life review. And they will review through their life. Not only through their perspective, but also through the perspective of the other people that they experience this with. So let's say, you know, you live a life and you're a murderer and you kill people. Well, in your life review, you're going to relive those experiences as the people that you killed. It's part of the life review. It's part of understanding that lifetime. And there, there is no, there is no judgment. There is only unconditional love that is there. And you know, for each person, the room may look a little different. The book may be a little different. The council may look a little different. But it's always the same set of events. It's well. I'm astounded to hear described. you say this because that's exactly what I experienced going into that. When you took me into that area into the afterlife, I remember you know, floating up and there was that, this floating being and I, and it was, 
not faceless so much as I didn't really see a face. You know, it wasn't like just a smoky cloud, but I didn't really see. I saw like a robed figure. It's kind of floating there, pointing at this sort of swirling, colorful, just colorful, swirling thing. I remember you took me into there and I remember like going into what looked like a room. And then there were there was like a council of of of, uh, you know, beings there, which once again, I, I don't really remember what their faces look like, but they were they were sitting there and um, and in the middle. Yeah, there was a podium and there was a book. And I, so this is just blowing my mind that you're that you have found this commonality with all these other people that you have taken through. Yes, yes. Um, and, and Dolores Cannon talked about it. Um, Michael Newton, you know, that like I was saying, that is his main focus uh, in his uh, hypnosis sessions is life between life. So I, I tried to I was taught by Dolores Cannon and her method, and that is to take them through the past life, have them relive it. And the main focus of QHHT is at the end, um, we contact the subconscious mind, or what she called the SC, which gives you access to heal. And, and there's a tremendous amount of things that, that can be done in this state. Um, and we can get into that uh, here in just a bit. But the, uh, the thing that I do um, try to do with every person is, you know, not just go, okay, well, the death has been experienced in the past life. Now we can contact the subconscious. I, you know, Dolores said that you can spend time in the afterlife and do things of that nature. Her focus was she liked to spend time in the SC. I try to make sure that each client is able to experience the death and the soul leaving the body and at least get them to a place where they in the afterlife they experience okay i'm in this place i'm surrounded by love there is no fear there is no judgment everything is forgiving everything is peaceful i feel like i'm at home and from that point that person's fear of death is gone they no longer have that fear. And, and most, you know, for me in my life personally, the, the number one fear that I always had that was the root source of so much of my depression was death. What happens when we die? You know, when we lose loved ones, where do they yes. go? Will I see them again? Well, the answer is yes, you will see them again. And, and they're with you right now. They're with you around you all the time that's another thing i always ask if a person is grieving for a loved one i tr i take them into the afterlife and through um, you know asking for them to imagine themselves or perceive themselves seeing uh, this loved one that tunes into the frequency of that being and that being will come through and connect with the client and it's a, a very emotional experience for the client in a, in a positive way um, because they understand that that their loved one is there they understand that they they're not gone they they're never gone and then in the subconscious part of it i will ask uh, 
how they can better connect with uh, their loved ones that, that they're grieving for. And uh, I will always specifically ask the question, when are they with you? And it always says, the answer is always, always. They are always with you. They're around you. All you have to do is tune into that frequency. Think of them. Remember the happy times with them. Remember, you know, the, the little things that, that were personal for you that, that are the basis of the love that you have for that person. And by, by experiencing that and having those feelings and emotions, you tune into the frequency of that person. And, and that's why a lot of times people will say they feel like their you know, grandfather is there with them. Well, that's because he is. He's there. You can't see him in, in physical 3D reality that, you know, humanity is, is kind of gotten stuck on uh, as far as what's real and what's not real. It is very, very much real. And they are very, very much there. You just, you have to tune into it. But I, I try to, I try to help people overcome that, that fear of, of the afterlife because of how profoundly it, it changed my life in a positive way. Well, I think those revelations are slow marination for some others, you know, it's faster. And, uh, for those who, you know, I, and I think it's just so, I'm so grateful that you, you record it and, you know, one can go back and hear in their very own words, the revelations that have sprouted through at such an alarming rate. Um, I think a big key to this is surrender, surrendering to just the vibes that you're getting. Um, I think also it would be helpful too if, if people were to enter into it, into the QHHT session, um, maybe, you know, to, to set their heart at ease and go, okay, do not feel that you have to force you know, there's no forcing involved here. Do, do not force a past life. In fact, maybe to, set, maybe to set them at ease, go, okay, we're going on a dream quest now. You know, maybe that yes. might set them easier. So it's like, okay, we're going to tell it. We're going to take you through a story, okay? But you're telling the story. You're in the driver's seat. You're telling the story. It, you could get visuals. You could get smells. You could get feelings. And I think, like, that idea of, because I know, like, uh, in, in the session that I was going into, I found myself, the more that I was trying to visualize something, the, I, it, then I was kind of slower in my descriptions. But I noticed that as soon as I just tuned into the feeling, the vibe of it, all of a sudden, more would come through faster. Very and then much. I would see it. Yes. And so it was, it's such an interesting thing and it's, everyone's got their own way of learning, you know, everyone's their kinesthetic or auditory or visual. And, um, it's just so interesting that through all these different sources, you have discovered so many commonalities with, with the people. What are some of the other commonalities? I mean, you know, I'm sure you've probably come across stories that you have just, you know, you did a QHHT session. And then later in the day, I would not be surprised if suddenly you came across a series of coincidences that lined up with those things. Oh, yes. Yes. Synchronicities are, are huge. Um, and the the common understanding that I have is the the more in tune um, with your spiritual side that you are, and the the more aligned with your path that you are, 
the more synchronicities you will begin to see. Mm-hmm. And uh, such as, you know, repeating numbers. Uh, every day I'll look up at the at the clock just randomly, and it'll be sequential repeating numbers, like 222 or 1111 or 111, and, um, you know, things like that. Um Lisa, the 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 woman that you interviewed yeah. in this last podcast, yes, uh, did a session with her. Uh, when you introduced us uh, through text message, and I sent the uh, first message to her, um, it was two twenty two. Oh and yeah, her, her daughter was born at two twenty two when she was twenty two. Oh boy. And, and I mean, it's, it's things like that. And a, a lot of people can, you know, laugh or, or joke about it. That, you know, it's, it's just a coincidence. I, there are no coincidences. Well, and the thing is, you know, what's so interesting is that the, the, the simplest things in life are, are the most enjoyable. These kinds of things. Okay, so one person might make fun of another person for, you know, recognizing the numerology and getting a big kick out of it. Well, that same person who's making fun of the person who's getting kick out kick out of numerology, that person is obsessed with baseball scores, you know, or right. or stats of their favorite players. It's like, okay, well, okay, so it's you know, look, it's we each got the things that give us a kick out of uh, out of living, you know. So I think you know, even if uh, one person labels it as a delusion, it's a very much truthful thing to the person who's experiencing it themselves. And especially when you find yourself tuning into that language and that frequency, and it's happening more and more and more. And then you're going, all right, I'm on the right path here. This is the universe speaking to me. These are my guides speaking to me. We're, we're moving right along here. And, uh, you know, you start finding the same kind of language with people who come across these revelations. And, um, it's just to me it's so enjoyable because what it's telling me is that my connections with the universe if i treat the universe like it's a relationship like it's my my good friend and i see that others are doing the same thing well now what what does that mean it means that me and those people can be awesome friends now because we're all All working together you know to to bring out the best versions of ourselves. right well i mean you know we co-create reality so the the more the more people that have this uh, positive mindset and, and positive perception of life and, you know, choose to recognize the things that are difficult or negative, but don't allow them to become the center point of their reality. Mm-hmm. You know, they choose to, to focus on something positive. The more people that do that, the, the faster you will see things accelerate into a, a new earth. You know, Dolores Cannon talked about the new earth, that we are, we are shifting frequencies, you know, and you can see that reflected by the uh, spikes in the Schumann resonance that the earth vibrates at. 7.83 hertz is the Schumann resonance, and it is slowly um, spiking and raising literally raising in vibration and in doing so that um, we're being affected by that um, you can correlate um, you know the general mood of the world I guess you would say that you can correlate extreme events to the different spikes in frequencies of this human resonance that the earth is having having and the uh, the solar rays that we're getting and things of that nature 
but we're literally shifting from the third dimension to the fifth dimension. Um, they say that the, the fourth dimension is time, I believe. And, uh, you know, but the, the way that we see time is, is an illusion. Time is not linear. Time is not linear at all. Right. Um, you know, we can very easily uh, transition from this life and our next lifetime be back in, you know, the Neolithic era or something. You know, you never, you never know as far as once you step out of the restrictions that the third dimension has on us um, mentally and, and physically, once you get outside of that realm, there is a, a whole world of possibility. And, um, you know, people can notice today uh, there's a lot of, a lot of uh, talks of the law of attraction mm -hmm. and um, manifestation and things of that nature. Well, that is part of what, uh, what we're gaining in uh, transitioning to 5D is your thoughts, your focus, your not just what you think, but what you feel, what you feel with your emotions and your, your body, your perceptions, those things will literally manifest into your reality. You know, that's why if, uh, you know, you see, like I, I heard you talking about uh, the labyrinth the other day. Oh, and, yeah. You know, the... I was just literally a day before that thinking about how it's been a while since I've watched The Labyrinth. And oh, my gosh. My favorite movies. Oh, my gosh, and of course. You, you start talking about The Labyrinth. Dude. And you're, when we did our session, you're wearing a Labyrinth t-shirt. That's right. Yeah, and it's things like that, little things that seem like coincidence that are actually, that is your, your, co-creating this reality so whatever you you focus or adjust your your path your mindset to that is what you're going to get out of life so well i love the fact that you reminded me of that because it's interesting because the so i so i think that was um the second day in a row that I had worn that shirt and then we did the QHHT session. Cause I was like, Whoa, this is great, man. And then I ended up having the Atlee crew show and then, or, or a day or two later after that, maybe. And then that's when I came across the labyrinth. So it's just awesome now that we're re you know, revisiting this and I'm realizing, Oh my gosh, I was wearing the labyrinth shirt during the QHHT session, which yeah. you did indeed take me on a labyrinth of, of, of investigations and revelations. Um, that was, that was neat. That was neat. You're the oh. first one. You're the first old West, uh, lifetime that I've had. Oh my gosh. That was cool. Oh my gosh. I mean, it's like, it's astounding when you see these, these, the way that this stuff just, it, it, it coalesces and it's, and it's, it's undeniable. It's you can't ignore it. It's it's like, hey, hey, I'm here. I'm here. I'm here. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, if you recognize it, you celebrate it and you high five it. It's like, thanks, buddy. I'll see you again. You know, and it's like, well, if you like that one, wait till wait till you, you, you wait till the big this next doozy I'm going to give you. And mm -hmm. um, and then what's funny is do you find that like uh, when you encounter 
you know, one synchronicity and then you're like so excited about everything. Then the next time around, you might have two or three synchronicities that are all linked within each other. Absolutely. Yes. Everything is tied together. Everything. Oof. Oof. It's my favorite stuff. Absolutely. I'm sorry. I cut you off. In some way, what were you saying? I, I was saying in some way, everything is connected. Man. Man, and you know what's so great is that with stuff like this, I was as I was telling Lisa, like you know, this—that's what I love about having this podcast—is that I'm able to tell these unique stories that people are not normally out there used to hearing. Um, and what's great is, so there's that that aspect. Now, also embedded in that is the conversations that I'm getting into with these extraordinary folks like yourself. It's 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 like pushing a button it's it's like pushing that spiritual button within people it's going you know star seed activate and all of a sudden they're recognizing the language they're 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 going wait a second you know i've you know i've uh, uh encountered that kind of thing before i've i've had a story like that before oh these guys are talking about this thing and i was just talking about that thing with my friends now it's getting them opened up and wondering and it starts getting them going down the paths and it starts them going hey wait a second okay so i'm not crazy you know i too grew up in you know someone out there's going i too grew up in a town where you know there are these specific social constructs and people were taught not to question things or follow the truth or what have you wow this is great this rob guy is great this is really inspiring me in fact i'm gonna get a hold of rob and do a qhd session and I love this kind of thing because it's um, it's sending out those beacons and it's drawing in those people who are on these similar frequencies and speak in the same language. And um, I think that's the most important thing is that there's the safe zone right there. There's the safe zone. Instead of trying to force others to understand one's opinion, you're going, OK, that that's just too much energy. What if I just simply um, tune into the frequencies that others who are you know, emitting that frequency that that reverberates with me. What if I just tune into those and and start talking with those folks and seeing, you know, being a part of that community? So, right. man, this is just so exciting. You're just spilling the beans on all this information because it's a it's so exciting to me, man. I'm high. I'm just vibrating so high right now. That's great. Well, I mean, it, you know, it's not so much about you know what I do. A lot of people, especially where I'm from in the South, it's Christianity kind of tends to try to butt heads with the idea of past lives because a modern day Christianity doesn't teach reincarnation, mm -hmm. but it did in the past uh, when the uh, I believe it was the Roman Catholic Church uh, got a hold of the Bible and and a lot of the books were um, taken from it. Um, there in that in that uh, time frame that is when the teachings of reincarnation were removed from the bible if you add reincarnation to christianity then that is the one key that allows all of the religions to have common ground yes every one of them but i you know i chose to to step outside of the box and look at all of the different world cultures and you know the all the different religions and things of that nature and instead of allowing it to um, indoctrinate me with uh, a lot of the dogma and things that you see I, I chose to look at everything kind of like a, a scientist would and and see objectively well what is everything saying 
you know, what what are the common things that are here in all of them? Not just who's right and who's wrong, but what is what is the same positively about all of them? I choose to to not focus on negativity, and and I I have felt for a very long time that fear is agenda, fear is is an illusion, mm-hmm. and um, through you know through these hypnosis sessions, it's not necessarily about proving that reincarnation exists. It's it, even if someone doesn't really align with that or resonate with that. Mm-hmm. That's that's why I named it uh, Dream Surfers. Is you know let's okay well let's see it as your your mind is just playing a story for you. Mm-hmm. Your, your subconscious mind speaks to you in in pictures and symbols, colors and things of that nature. It's it's located uh, your your right hemisphere of your brain is what's responsible for, um, you know the the creation of these things. It's your creative side. Uh, and if anything, let's let's look at this as your mind is just playing a movie, and that is the way that your subconscious mind is speaking to you. So let's let's just see how this movie plays out. Let's see what happens. And through whatever you experience, um, you know, I'm able to guide the person through it. And uh, whatever they experience is not always. Uh, supposed to be a matter of fact you know type of left brain analytical you know thing it's a lot of times it it can be metaphorical it's just the way that your subconscious mind speaks to you it's trying to show you something it's trying to get you to remember something um, I really I don't know how to describe it. It's unique. It's very unique. And it it's not, what I was saying is it's not so much about changing a person's beliefs or the way that they think. It's about uh, helping people to overcome things that have debil- debilitated them their whole lives and, and things that have gone unanswered by by. Western medicine, doctors and therapists and medications and things of that nature. This is a a modality to allow the release and the healing of things like that without the, you know, having to take a a pill every day for the rest of your life. You know, this is something that, that is not only healing people emotionally, but there are physical healings that, that have come from this, um, you know, one personally that I can speak on, um, I I did a session with one of my grandmothers, and she has had uh, upper back pain in her shoulder from a car wreck for several years. And uh, when we get to the got to the end of the session where I was speaking with the subconscious mind, I asked um, if the subconscious mind could heal and uh, release the muscle pains and the nerve pains that she's had in her back and it said yes yes I can heal that and I said okay can you do that for me now I said yes and I asked uh, what it was doing and it said that it was and I I say it because right 
it is speaking in third person mm -hmm. about the client. It's coming through the client's voice and it instantaneously shifts from the first person, I, me, to the third person, she, her. And so I'm taking her muscles and I am unballing them. I'm unraveling them and relaxing them. And I said, okay, let me know when you're finished. And it said, okay, I'm done. And at the end, after I'd counted her out and, and got her uh, back to uh, conscious awareness, um, she said, you know, it, it was crazy. I, when you asked that, I could feel the muscles unballing in my back. And it's, it's, she doesn't have pain there. Anymore. Ooh, I love it. I love it. It's going right to the root, right to the source. Wow. You know, if you can, if you can cut your finger, you know, cut almost the tip of your finger off and it pretty much grow back. You're, you're, that tells you right there, your body is regenerative. Your subconscious mind is the, uh, the, the powerhouse that, that runs all of the, um, unconscious systems in your body, your breathing, your heart rate, your blood pressure, uh, your cell regeneration, um, all of all of those things. And you're able to get specific targeted answers for, you know, why have I had back pain all of my life? Well, this is why. This is where it's at. And now we can heal it. Since you understand it through understanding and having a new perception of of this that you've you've dealt with and you've carried with you for so long, through that new perception, you're able to heal and release it because you understand it now. Now, what? Okay, so did your spiritual journey begin? Uh, once you did the QHHT or did you, do you feel that if you turn back the hands of time, that there were hints that kind of made you question things and going, hmm, what is going on? You know, what's the big puzzle I need to solve? Did you, were there, were there hints of that growing up? Absolutely. I mean, all, all of, all of my life I've had experiences that, you know, there were things or, or experiences that, you, you don't want to talk to people about that or, you know, you don't want to, don't, don't tell anybody about that because they'll, they'll think you're crazy kind of mm -hmm. thing. And, you know, when I was a kid, I, I've got many, many experiences that, that people would consider paranormal. And uh, Ooh. one, one of them specifically that uh, is going to be in the, the book that I'm writing uh, about you know, the, the different stories of, of the clients that I, that I have and um, have worked with, had the honor to work with. Um, the One of the stories in there is about when I was a, a little boy, I was four or five years old, and uh, it was in the middle of the night, and I woke up and I looked uh, to my left and at the bed that my little brother was asleep in. He's a year and a half younger than me. And he was levitating about three foot off of the bed. And Whoa. there was this tall, skinny, uh, shadowy figure 
that was standing there uh, had a long cloak-like uh, garb on, I guess. And the one thing that I do specifically remember about that being is seeing the uh, purple color around the uh, iris and the slit pupil like an alligator's eye. And I locked eyes with this thing and I started to scream for my mother and nothing came out. The, it, it extended its hand out towards me the other hand, one of the hands was over my brother, about you know mid-torso. Uh, it wasn't physically touching him. It was probably a foot and a half or so away from his body. And he was up off of the bed, and the uh, blanket was draped over him, hanging down, uh, Whoa. Touching, touching the bed. And I see this, and lock eyes, I see the pupil, and like when we locked eyes, the pupil like shrunk a little bit, it constricted and the other hand came out and you could see these talons on the hand and like it kind of squeezed its hand, like did a squeezing motion or something. And the scream like squeaked closed. And I, it was like, it like etherically grabbed a hold of my vocal cords or something. And I could not make a sound come out. I couldn't. And I don't know how long um, exactly this event, you know, took place. But um, I know that eventually the, there was so much fear in me at that time. Like, it, it paralyzed me with fear. And um, the, then... After, I guess, I don't know, a minute, a minute and a half or so, um, <clears throat> this thing just like, poof, it, it freaking vanished. My brother slammed on the bed. I still remember the sound. Him hitting the bed, it woke him up. Oh. And uh, he started screaming. And then my mother comes running in the room and grabbed both of us. And she still to this day will tell this story. And, you know, she didn't see, she didn't see anything, but she saw the fear that was within us. She knew that we experienced something that was not, not of this reality. And, um, you know, there were, there were things of that nature that continued to occur. But as, as I got older, um, the more indoctrinated I became you know, the more those things started to dissolve and, you know, people tell, tell their kids, the, their kid says they have an imaginary friend. They tell them that it's exactly that. It's your imagination. Right. It's real. Right. You're, you're, you're killing that, that kid's perception it's, of something that yes. you, you have lost touch with. It's not them. It's, we have lost touch with that. Those things are very much real. And we should listen to those children. Mm -hmm. you know, if maybe not necessarily literally do or, or, or take to heart what they're saying, but at least give the kid a shot to, <laughs> to speak on what they're saying they experience because it's real to them. Mm -hmm. It's real to you or not. And, and, you know, for me, luckily my mother was very, uh, she, she was very protective and, and very, 
guarded of us and you know people's perception of us and things of that nature but she always uh, gave us a voice she always allowed us to to express you know what it was that, that we were experiencing or feeling and I think that was uh, part of what you know began the the journey for me because I, I know that night there was something there something standing there and my brother was floating off of the effing bed and he hit that bed when that thing let go and that fear was very very real very real and so i i mean it, it's that was probably the catalyst that kind of really sunk in that there is more to this reality than than what most people see well i don't know if we talked about this before um not, and not during the podcast but on a separate occasion did did you tell me that you found an implant on you because i'm thinking perhaps you no, might no, have no, an no. implant no you don't no. okay uh, um i i don't know i don't know um it it wouldn't surprise me honestly right. i mean i, I me feel to... like like a lot of people do and they don't realize it um there's there's way more going on than than most people realize um and it's not all it's not all malevolent um the the there's more benevolent things that are occurring than than there are negative yes dolores cannon talks about every every et that she's ever met is just is a is a good vibe and you know even those kinds of things where that being was levitating your brother I'm sure in your eyes, you're going, oh, my gosh, don't, you know, get away from my brother. You know, you're hurting him. However, we don't we don't know what it, maybe it was tuning him up. Maybe it was healing him. Maybe it was giving him a download of information. Maybe, you know, any number of things that we could never possibly comprehend or understand since it was never taught to us. Um, right. I am interested to know what kind of what kind of uh, species that is. Um, well, I there's a there's a book that's. Uh, just recently come out um it's like the extraterrestrial almanac or something like yeah that. i have that one extraterrestrial uh, species almanac yeah one of the reptilian uh, races that is depicted in there is wearing a cloak whoa that thing is that that thing was standing in my room when i was a kid whoa because when i saw when i saw the the page in the book immediately I flashed back to that feeling that, you know, when I was a kid and my throat felt tight, like, like that squeezing feeling again. Whoa. And I, I'm telling you, man, I can still vividly see that purple slitted pupil, like the purple around the slit pupil. And just the, that was the one thing that's like, just burned into my my brain is the the eye and like this there was not that night there was there was not a benevolent uh agenda there that was that at least in my personal opinion that was something that i woke up in the middle of something that i wasn't supposed to witness Mm -hmm. And uh, I interrupted something that that was occurring because there has always been something that 
that has tried to negatively uh, or energetically attack or try to keep me down throughout my life. And I've always been aware of that present and through being aware of it have been able to overcome, if you will, or, you know, keep it at bay, I guess. I don't know. I'm, there's no fear there anymore. Um, you know, the understanding and things that I've had now have, have changed that. But as far as, um, you know, me personally and extraterrestrial experiences, other than that one, I don't consciously have any that I can recall um, as far as like face to face. But using uh, Dr. Stephen Greer's uh, CE5 protocols, mm-hmm. I have had CE5 contact. Ooh, I've, Ooh. Got, uh, I've got video of a couple of those. Oh, dude, this is great. I've been wanting to do I've got the CE5 app on my phone. I did it once I out in Giant Rock, uh, Joshua Tree. And nothing, as far as I saw, didn't nothing stopped by. But um, I am looking forward to, to that. H- how many times have you tried it? Um, well, I mean, pretty much, pretty much any time that I go outside and just look at the stars, um, I know at least over the last four or five years, I've had at least two to three a year um, of those kind of experiences. And it, when it happens, it's not like you just see something in the sky moving, is you you know there's a, a feeling there's an atmosphere mm. that happens with it there's a, a emotional connection that happens this feeling of of pure love unconditional love and and it's it's you know when it happens you know so on the app there's that frequency it goes you know it's got that little frequency how long do you play that frequency for is it throughout the entire time while you're calling in calling in the ships or do like how long do do you play maybe 30 seconds and then you wait or do you just keep playing it well what i do is i've got um you know those little uh bluetooth things that you can plug up in your cigarette lighter in the car Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. that uh you can tune your radio station to uh frequency mine i tune mine to 87.9 that's just what mine's set at and uh then i will play that frequency through my phone into the uh, receiver that plays it over the radio in my car and i will turn that on and leave the radio going in the car so it's not just coming out of the speakers in the car that is literally a a bandwidth uh, frequency that is playing over the radio waves oh. and can be picked up. Oh, yes, 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 yes. I know what you mean. In the olden days, they had what was called Mr. Microphone, and you could actually sing over the radio station as long as you found an empty, uh, non, non-used uh, station. You know, you could actually sing through this microphone, which was in a sense a, a radio transmitter, and you could it would come out of your radio. Okay, so this right. is one of those kinds of things. That's awesome. Yes. So, I mean, you know, like, even if I don't have um, that, uh, the device plugged in, um, and you can get them at at any store pretty much, you know, like Walmart, uh, I think I paid 20 bucks for mine. Um, But 
you can, you know, when I don't have it plugged in, I can drive down the road and every now and then a, a car will get within a certain distance of me and have one hooked in and I can hear what they're playing on their radio. Whoa. So it's, it's essentially you're creating a, a beacon and yeah. by doing that and playing the Fibonacci frequency through the app, wow, man. that beacon is then picked up. It also has to do with uh, you projecting your awareness and your intention out too. Um, if you have any fear or any type of uh, doubt or anything like that uh, in your radius, uh, for lack of a better word, then they won't show up. Um, if, like, say you've got a buddy with you and he's like, oh, man, this isn't going to work. It, it, mm-hmm. won't, it won't work. But if you have the open mind yes. that, that it, there is a possibility that it could work, and you basically what I do is I will kind of project my awareness out in the app. It talks about how to, um, you know, visualize uh, where you are, like you're looking on Google Maps or something and uh, zoom out from that all the way out into space like you're looking at the earth uh-huh. and and then reverse that and come back in so i'll do that i'll see myself where i'm at you know standing in the yard or Mm -hmm. whatever and then zoom out in my mind like i'm sitting there meditating and then i will see it come back in and zoom back in to where i'm at and then i will project out um, if there are any entities that are uh, receiving this or can hear me if it is safe for you to do so. Wow. If it is safe for you to do so and you would like to um, show up, then please feel free to do so. I would be very grateful and very humbled if you would just like to flash a light or something, zip by just to say hello. And then I let that thought go. Mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't hold on to it. Because just as you were talking about, if you try to force the awareness or the perception of something Mm -hmm. in the the hypnosis, it's the same with meditation. If you try to focus or force something, it won't work. But if you have that intention, you feel it along with the thought. You feel it emotionally. And then you let it go and have no expectation. Don't set an expectation of what you want to show up. Then from that point, after I have that feeling and let it go, I'm just looking at the stars. And then I I will, like my spidey sense will go off, I guess. (laughs) And I'll have have this kind of like a a little warm buzz will kind of come over my my body like a wave. And then it's like I know, I know that, that they're coming i know that they're going to show up and sure enough um you know one of the videos i have you you see him the the ufo or the orb uh pop up and once it does it just kind of slowly coasts out across the sky and then you see i'm i'm within the a uh, commercial flight path between little rock and memphis 
and uh, you know so there's there's lots of airlines and things like that that travel through here but you've also got Little Rock Air Force Base and you can tell the difference in the planes by the lights that they have on them as well as you know obviously the speed but this thing is coming across the sky in the video you can see it and the sky is like this uh, this purple, real beautiful purple color and then as this thing's coming across the sky you see these jets coming from all different directions straight towards this thing whoa and it's in the video whoa. and the, the the thing like glitches almost and it's just like whoop it's in a different position and then you <laughs> see it you see it make a, a complete like 180 u-turn that if there was any type of craft that we have it would kill the person as fast as this thing whipped around and then slowly as the another wave of jets were coming at this thing it just dissolved into nothing it was gone and then it was over with and you know i was that was one of the ones that i was fortunate and, and lucky enough to be able to capture footage of it's amazing. Now, what's the what's the closest that they've been able to get to you? Um, I really couldn't couldn't tell you as far as um, distance. Um, I know I've seen I've seen some directly over the tops of trees. Um, you know, I mean, not like you could throw a rock and hit it, but close enough that this thing is like you know this isn't a plane you know it's not a helicopter there's no sound everything is dead silent uh when this happens and it is uh that that one that i'm talking about uh, it was just essentially like a ball of light just like it was an energetic presence almost you know there's you can tell that there's there's an intelligence or a, a consciousness to the craft if you if you will um, i know that sounds strange but um once you experience it it's it's like you're connecting with there's an emotional connection to this thing that you're seeing this light that you're seeing in the sky and that one that i'm talking about that was really close over the top of the trees i was playing that Sibonacci frequency over the radio in the truck and i turned the volume down on the truck um, so it wasn't coming through the speakers but it's still playing on that uh, station I, I get out of the truck and look up and i see this light and the light flashed three times it was like pop 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 and so I took my phone and I decided to flash my flashlight on my Ooh. phone. Ooh. And it, it repeated the sequence back to me. Oh, my gosh. This is incredible. Yeah. Incredible. It's giving you high fives. It's like, I see you. I, we're, yeah. we, you it know, was we're, 100% oh confirmation. Like this thing like flashed back to me with the phone. It did that uh two times it repeated the the sequence that i did on my phone oh my God, and uh, then then you know i became extremely excited and and my emotions started 
you know, overwhelming me, I guess. And it picked up on that excitatory state of, of, you know, my, my energy. And then it, it left. So, I mean, it, you've got to be at a calm, you know, open-minded, no expectations, um, just a, a peaceful meditative state, the, the hypnagogic state, hypnagogic. I, I can't remember how to pronounce that. This totally reminds me of Close Encounters of the Third Kind where they're going, do, 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 and it goes, bah, 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 you know, and they're communicating yeah. with each other. That's exactly what happened to you. You're like the Richard Dreyfus character. <laughs> it's incredible, dude. Real life yeah. Richard Dreyfus. Oh my gosh. I love, I love, I can't get enough of these stories. I love hearing these stories. Now, you and I had been talking that you, you have, uh, you have a history with being a welder. Have you utilized those skills to, to, um, uh, create maybe, uh, extraterrestrial oriented or spiritual oriented, um, sculptures or anything like that? I have not. No, I haven't. Um, I haven't really done a lot of arty type stuff with the welding. Uh, a lot of, a lot of the weld. I've been welding for about seven years now. And, um, I, I picked up welding just, you know, on a, by chance, I guess, because I had just, uh, I had just flunked my RN degree by 0.6%. And, uh, then I needed something that I could learn fast, get a job and, uh, provide for my family. And, uh, I decided to try welding because I had, uh, four years of electrical experience and the um, the uh, electrician passed away uh, from cancer and didn't log any of my apprentice hours so oh, man. yeah none of the uh, experience that I had at that point uh, would have counted and I had would have had to start over so I was like okay well I'll try welding and uh, I went over and it was something that I I had never done it before in my life and didn't know anything about it. And in 11 weeks, I had learned enough about it to go get a job and uh, begin providing for my family. And uh, from there, I, I worked uh, industrial type uh, welding, uh, building aerators for uh, fish ponds, uh, Game and Fish Commission, um, different fish farms and uh, things of that nature. Uh, the things that go in, in the water in the ponds and they spin, they've got the blades on them and it, it oxygenates, aerates the water. Uh, I built those for a while and then uh, I got a call to see if I wanted to come back to the school and help teach and uh, I was the assistant assistant instructor at the uh, technical college here locally for uh, two semesters and then from there I, I went back to the original company that I worked for for a couple of years and then started on my own and uh, once I started on my own it was uh, it's been you know mainly repair um, I've and structural type uh, work, so I, I haven't done a lot of uh, art 
type things with the welding, but I know the uh, I I definitely could, and it's it's something that that has it's been stewing and in, in the pot for a while. I've well, I'm thinking ideas, I'm getting images so. in my brain of you know Burning Man. They always they you know they're always building like astounding sculptures there and everything, and I'm just getting these visions of you out in Burning Man helping build these. You know, uh, since with your electricity skills, your welding skills, combining that, um, you know, I find it's interesting that you well, a couple of things here, a couple of different paths to go down here. First of all, you just go, hey, what the heck? Let's just pick up welding and and look how good you did at just following that instinct. I just have to point that out. I think just think that's fantastic that you go, hey, what the heck? You know, I need to provide for the family. Let's try this. And before you know it, you're teaching it to others. Just so yeah. cool. Um, well, that was that was one of my one of my gifts, I believe. You know, I'm jack of all trades, but I'm not really a master of any. I I like to I like to involve myself and and learn as much as possible though about something. Um, you know, especially if if I'm gonna have my hands on it, my name on it, it's something that I want to know what I'm doing and I want it to be done right. I'm, I'm a perfectionist. Um, so I, I think that the, uh, the welding and things of that nature, it gave me a lot of, of discipline and, and patience. And, uh, I think that is, it was necessary to help transition. Into wow. What I'm doing now. Wow. You know, it, I, I'm just seeing so much symbology right here because, you know, the stuff that we do in, throughout our lives we have no idea what what the real skills yes yes there is the skill of welding yes however just you just pointed out there's the 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 skill of patience that you learned which is now something that you're utilizing with qhht you're 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 being patient while people are telling you their story you're you're there you're sitting there with them you're not rushing them along you're you're in that and then we add to the fact of how you were were going to uh, be a nurse and you know and there it was helping people helping people what is welding welding is is connecting things together you know um 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 sculpt you know sculpting these things together that are work workable and practical that's what you're doing with qhht you're you're helping connect things you're helping heal people Uh, being a nurse what is that that's health that's helping people out well all of those things are are man they're all braided together in the qhht that you're doing and it's phenomenal when we can look back on those little pieces those little ingredients and the way in which they um you know, they, they help bake the cake that you're now enjoying, <laughs> so to speak. Yeah. Well, the, uh, the nursing, it right like within, within a year and a half to two years after, uh, the nursing school thing kind of went kaput is when, uh, things with the different flus that were coming out and then COVID hit. And, you know, I, I realized that, it was a very good thing mm-hmm. for me oh, yeah. personally that, that I, you know, I, because I've got extreme respect and, and admiration for the nurses and the doctors that have mm-hmm. persevered through this. Um, but that was definitely not, not my type of, not my cup of tea, mm-hmm. but I retained all of the knowledge, uh, the body systems, the way that, you know, the, the body works, the way that the brain works, the nerve system, you know, all of those things. And it, it helps, it helps me to um, be able to 
correlates, uh, you know, if somebody's dealing with some type of, of physical uh, illness or physical ailment, I can know medically why that's happening or where that's happening or what's going on with them. And then the, uh, the QHHT side, side of it allows me to emotionally know what's going on. And then by connecting the two together and painting the picture, then the understanding happens and that is where the healing then takes place. Well, it's amazing because I'm getting a flashback when you said you helped, you know, you were working with your grandmother and the subconscious, you know, it's like you could imagine in your mind's eye from your nursing um, studies, what's going on in there. And then you could most appropriately zero in on that target and go, okay, subconscious, this is, you know, what's going on over here in this little region. And, um, man, it's, it's just amazing. It's amazing. We can never underestimate the learning that we're, that we are uh, being taught in these moments and how they're going to come into play in the future as, you know, valuable, valuable skills. Absolutely. Oh, it just thrills me. It's so thrilling. And by following your heart and by following your intuition, you know, it, it proves itself time and time again. It does. It does. Um, You know, if, if you have an intuition about something, if you have a gut feeling about something, you know, maybe not necessarily dive headfirst into it, uh, but don't, don't dismiss it. You know, be careful about, about overanalyzing, be careful mm-hmm. about second guessing yourself um, because there's a reason that that intuition happened. There's a reason that gut feeling happened. Even if it's, you know, maybe you're not meant to, act on whatever that feeling was but that perception occurred because there's some insight there that you're supposed to gain from it gosh man now um you you were talking about this white gold i just i just have got to touch upon this because first of all i've never heard about it in my life um uh and i'm sure there's quite you know quite a few folks out there who either have heard about it and would like to hear more about it or folks who had never heard about it. And um, can you describe a little bit of that? Cause that's fascinating to me as well. Sure. Um, so uh, it is called right now, it's called Ormus or Orm O R M E is the singular, which is orbitally rearranged monoatomic element. Uh, Ormus is the plural Um it is also called uh, monoatomic white gold. This is a uh, it is a white uh, powder once it's dried that um, dates back it predates ancient Egypt. Um, it is referenced in the Bible as uh, it's believed to be uh, what is referenced in the Bible as manna. Uh, what the Israelites survived in the desert for 40 years off of um, what was found uh, in the, uh, there's like a cave that was found uh, somewhere over in the Middle East that had this strange uh, white powder in it that was described, I believe it was described like ash, but... um, it wasn't. It was. It was this white powder. 
foremost. Um, in the Bible, when they talk about uh, Moses and the uh, golden uh, sta the calf statue and having it uh, torn apart, broken down, and burned, and then uh, the ashes rubbed on the cheek of the little girl, the, uh, the powder that, that was rubbed on her cheek, this is what they're talking about. Um, in ancient Egypt, it's called Mufkut. Um, and it was the main ingredient that they put in the pharaoh's bread that the pharaohs ate to be closer to the gods. And uh, the uh, in, in ancient Egyptian, Mufkut, <laughs> Mufkut translates to, literally translates to, what is it? And ancient he Hebrew, manna translates to, what is it? If you take this powder and have it sent off to uh, be analyzed, it comes back as 98% nothing. <laughs> so there is, we still have yet to um, really pin down exactly what this is. Oh my gosh. But, um in, in alchemy, they refer to it as the Philosopher's Stone. Um, they're uh, attributing it to one of the reasons why in ancient times you, you see records of people living to be six, seven, eight hundred years old. Um, this is one of, the, uh, one of the tools, one of the reasons why this was possible. Um, I myself... I'm still learning uh, a lot about it. <clears throat> there is a, uh, a documentary on Gaia, <clears throat> the app Gaia. It's called All the Gold You Can Eat. And <clears throat> in this documentary, the, uh, they start talking about this substance and its uh, you know, benefits. And the guy uh, gets hooked up to... Uh, machine that reads his brain waves and when he takes the ormus you instant almost instantaneously see his alpha waves spike which is <clears throat> excuse me i'm sorry which is the uh, the alpha waves are the relaxed uh, beginning meditative state stages and um at you know at a relaxed state, we are able to be uh, more intuitive. We are able to be uh, make better decisions. You know, this is where your your problem solving skills and things of that nature uh, come from. Your brain is in the alpha wave state. So, um, I posted a few clips on my TikTok page. About the uh, Ormus from this documentary, and within a couple of weeks of me posting it, uh, I got a message in my inbox that said, "Hey, I uh, it's nice to see that that this is somebody has finally posted about this on TikTok, and uh, I know the guy that is in this documentary. Whoa, and he wants to talk to you. Whoa." So, oh yeah. So, I first I I 
speak with the, the gentleman that sent me a message in my inbox. And he is an archaeologist that has um, artifacts from uh, the, you know, southern North America that predate the Maya, Incan, and Olmec civilizations. They've oh been car- carbon dated to predate those civilizations. Whoa. And they have um, depictions of, uh, you know, beings that that seem to have what we would deem ancient egyptian um outfits uh, dress on and then in those same artifacts with these egyptian looking figures are figures that look like all different races of extraterrestrials oh boy and they are being found in texas and new mexico and Um, yeah, right here in the U.S. And um, so I, I speak with this guy and start learning, you know, about what he's doing. And he um, connects me with Peter May, which is the guy, one of the main guys that is interviewed in this documentary who extracts Ormus's self um, and uses essential oils and and makes um, you know different products for people to use to uh, help them with their spiritual journeys uh, and it's you know finally I got in contact with him and uh, he he was very very cryptic you <laughs> know. I, I it, it was always Anytime that I, I have a question or something of that nature and, and reach out to him, you know, I, I have to wait a little while to, to hear back from him, but he, he always gets back to me. And, but it's never, a, it's never a direct answer. It's, just, <laughs> it's like another clue yeah. you know, that, that guides me further down the rabbit hole. Wow. Um, but um, I have learned how to um, extract this myself using um, salt water and uh you know organic sea salt uh distilled water and uh food food grade sodium hydroxide uh which you can get on Amazon um you know the process if if you're going to try to to learn about it and do it I would suggest getting the book uh it's called Ormus Modern Day Alchemy and that I I forget who the author is um but that book gives all of the different ways to uh, extract it and it gives a lot of the the benefits and things that that this uh, element can add to your life um, it is not it is not mind altering it is not um, something that you know people would use to try to get messed up on or something like that it's not like that in any in any way um i you know have been i've been taking it myself uh for i guess about four months now maybe five months and um it's not an everyday thing it's just uh it, it basically after the first time that I successfully extracted it from water um, 
I immediately noticed my intuition was the mm. main thing. Intuitive hits throughout the day just became more and more obvious. And um, the ability to meditate became easier. Um, things just seems each day um, I'm a little more aware. I'm a little more uh, conscious. I'm, I, I notice things that most people wouldn't. Um, I'm able to easily uh, solve problems, um, things that uh, you know normally <clears throat> normally would uh, cause anxiety or things of that nature. I'm able to come at calmly and wow so yeah. this is interesting uh, because you know if you this can... stuff tr traces all the way back then and even like let's say during the egyptians and stuff like that this makes so much sense why the civilizations were so advanced at the times that they were and why you know jesus was doing what he was doing and um and and uh, uh, you know such high vibrations were there how they're able to build the pyramids according to the stars and all that jazz. I mean, if these guys are, are, are taking the Ormus and maybe baking it into their, 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 uh, their cakes or uh, uh, making teas out of it, soups out of it. And imagine, you know, the little kids eating it and the old people eat and everybody in the communities is eating and drinking this stuff. Just imagine the kind of conversations they were having. Imagine the kinds of philosophies that were going, you know, they're just beaming into their brains. Um, oh, yeah. And the kinds of critical thinking that that could, you know, immediately rise to the surface. Absolutely. Wow, man! But it, Ormus is still, um, it's still a new, a new terrain for me. Um, I'm, I'm not as as uh, knowledgeable about it, I guess you could say, as as some of the other topics. <clears throat> that I have, but I do know that it is, it's important enough that it has been suppressed and, uh, the knowledge of it has, has been suppressed for centuries. And <laughs> isn't it funny? All this, all this high powered, you know, enlightening stuff that we always hear about through these different avenues they always seem to be the ones that are suppressed huh you know you can't right. help but wonder now why is that but everybody knows the answer so it's like come on now if we truly wanted to advance as a society we'd be opening up the doors and opening up the you know the possibilities of all these herbs and essential oils and and uh you know all this great stuff that is so empowering towards enlightening one another bringing connections together inventing things oh my gosh Absolutely. society would just be thriving thriving oh boy semi semi precious stones and crystals are are another they're another very important key to all of this ooh tell me more tell me more uh, every every crystal has its own properties its own you know metaphysical properties spiritual properties uh, like I've got a, a book right here it's called the pocket book of stones who they are and what they teach by Robert Simmons and uh, it lists all of the uh, known semi-precious precious stones um, let's see like 
right here there's a blue tourmaline and then it it tells you what it's for the chakras it's for the throat chakra and the third eye um the physical attributes is it supports attunement to healing spirits and helps with headaches um, emotional it aids clear expression of deep feelings and emotional cleansing spiritual it facilitates spirit communication opens the mind to higher awareness and then it gives um, its locations uh, where it's from uh, its different properties um, and this is in your book yes oh my gosh can i read to you some of the crystals that i have just to, to, to we so we could go a little bit down the rabbit holes to see what those those meanings are and stuff yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so one that I have, it's called Chris, Chrysocola, C-H-R-Y-S-O-C-O-L-L-A. I believe that's the way you spell it, Chrysocola. Yeah. Chrysocola. Uh, keywords is communication, expression of the sacred, goddess energies, gentleness, and power. It's associated with the throat chakra, heart chakra, and the root. Um, the physical, it supports your adrenals and thyroid. It aids with stress, uh, stress-related illnesses, emotional. It aids with calming, the release of stress and anxiety, and spiritual facilitates expressing inner wisdom, linking with the earth's awareness. Ooh, I love it. Okay. Oh, I love it. I love it. Okay, so another one that I have is a rainbow moonstone. Yes. Let me see. May take me a second to find it. No worries. Got, I'm so excited. Got to all this. kinds this so of, cool. of sticky notes in here. The ones that I have and the ones that I don't have. Uh, I've got moonstone, but I don't have rainbow moonstone. Okay, that's all right. That's, that's neat. Right. I was talking about just like the personal, my personal collection. Oh, you have? Wait, you're saying you have a you have a moonstone? Yes. Oh, that's awesome. All right, let's see. Um, I found that first one for you just at right. It was a quick flip. Oh, man. It wanted <laughs> this to other one. It's like, I'm here I am. Oh, that's down. cool. Let's see. Moonstone. Rainbow Moonstone. Here we go. Okay, optimism, vitality, inner peace, uh, rainbow body of light, which is that, I don't know if you know about the rainbow body of light. No, tell That's, me more. Uh, the rainbow body of light, uh, there are, there's over a hundred, a hundred thousand documented cases um, from ancient times all the way up through today of uh, different uh, yogis and and uh, people of that night you know the guys that they'll go into a cave and meditate for 20 years oh yeah they like upon their death their body erupts into this emission of rainbow light that surrounds them and there was uh, one of them a picture of uh, was taken like a Polaroid picture and the light, uh, the photo was, uh, unedited un you know, it wasn't tampered with in any way, but the light surrounding this, um, Yogi that was 
transitioning into this rainbow body of light, the light surrounding him looks like a lotus flower. Whoa, man. Like all of the petals and the, yes. And so they, the body will erupt into this light and it is um, a type of ascension, uh, what they're calling it. And the, uh, the body will then shrink to a miniature size and they will wrap this uh, tiny body in uh, different, uh, you know, exotic fabrics and things and basically put this little figure on display. And it was the body of a full grown man. Whoa. Yeah. So they, uh, that's that's definitely something to it shrinks to dig like into. to how big yes i i don't know the exact size oh i know it is it is a fraction of the size of what the body was oh my gosh yeah so that's the rainbow body of light that's that's a good good rabbit hole to, to whoa i'm gonna um, have to go down there your rainbow moonstone is for all chakras uh, physically, it supports the body in overcoming fatigue from depression. Uh, emotionally, it inspires enthusiasm, self-appreciation, and joy. And spiritually, it stimulates awakening of the rainbow body of light. Wow. So, yeah. you know, basically, the attributes that come with it, if, if it's a stone that you have in your home or, or that you carry with you in your pocket, like I have... I have different stones that I carry with me. Um, most of the time, I've got uh, Moldavite uh, around. My oh my God! I used neck. to have Moldavite necklace, and I and I yeah. misplaced it. And I'm kicking myself for it. I need to re get get another Moldavite necklace. Well, you better you better jump on it. They're starting to uh, put a lot of of regulation and red tape around getting what? Moldavite. Because, no way. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's it's a uh, it was a meteor. Yeah. Crashed and, in Russia, uh, didn't it? Yes, in Czechoslovakia. And uh or somewhere in the Czech Republic. But they they are beginning to try to cease mining of Moldavite. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Wow. I got definitely. So you always carry you. You have one on you at all times. Uh, yes, I'm either wearing Moldavite or uh, Tiger's Eye. Oh, I got a Tiger's Eye. I should start wearing that. What is but, Tiger's Eye? What's What's that one? What does that one do? Uh, well, I, Tiger. The different stones can attribute to, um, depending on what your ash astrology sign is like i'm an aries and tiger's eye is one of the aries stones it oh it helps with a lot of the um things that can be difficult for an aries astrology is something that is is i always throughout my my younger years i thought was you know kind of silly i didn't i didn't pay attention to it i always you know discredited it you know i didn't I didn't put any any attention towards it at all, and I thought that you know anyone that that 
dealt with astrology was just they were doing it for fun. But in fact, astrology can tell you scarily accurate who you are and what is going on in your life. You know what? I've come to really appreciate astrology and I can actually like see the similarities in people and they go, Oh, I'm, I'm this sign. And, and I watch, you know, to see how they match up what I know about those signs. And I go, wow, that's quite interesting. They remind me a lot of this person who was that sign or now they're doing that same kind of thing. And it's, it's really intriguing when you, uh, when you're aware of it and then being able to intentionally harness that, that power of those, uh, those great uh, attributes of those. Yes. So uh, I found Tiger's Eye. Um, it's balanced between extremes, discernment, vitality, strength, practicality, fairness. Uh, your chakra is a solar plexus, which is your third sacral. His second root is the first. Uh, the physical, it supports hormonal balance and enhances general vitality. Emotionally, it facilitates finding emotional harmony with others and spiritually instills spiritual balance, stamina, creativity, and clarity. So you're – okay, what's your, what did you say your sign was again? Aries. And so it, so Tiger Eye really – is that the stone of Aries? It's one of – one of. Um, it's one that really – I'm really drawn to. Um, mm-hmm. Each of each of these different stones, if you like, if you go into a rock shop or something like that, if you will, you know, pay attention to where you're intuitively drawn, mm-hmm. like where where you feel most directed towards, and then let's say that you see there's a a section a shelf that's got all different pieces of tiger's eye or green adventuring is another one um if you will kind of hold your hand out over these stones and just maybe even close your eyes for a second as you wave your hand over them you will feel whichever one you're drawn to you're supposed to pick up you will feel a energetic tingling or vibration in your hand and you can do each each stone has its own you know energetic signature if you will or frequency and each have a different feeling like if i have uh, if i have green jade in my hand i get nauseous i can't i cannot touch jade whoa and it doesn't i don't vibe with it i don't know why i just can't something about green jade is not uh it doesn't work with me and you know thing things like that i don't really necessarily understand why but um to tie it back into uh the the hypnosis if i was able to have someone take me under in the way that i do with a client and contact my subconscious I could ask that question why and could get an answer as to why it doesn't work, why why it makes me sick um, and get an understanding that way. When but, you also, when you're conducting the sessions, you have, didn't you say you have a specific crystal? Yes. Uh, yes. There's, uh, I have a piece of tiger's eye that's a, a triangular shape and I spin it 
between my fingers the entire time that we're doing session. So, you know, the whole time that I was conducting your session, that piece of tiger's eye was in my hand. I was twirling it in my fingers the whole time. Man. It's so incredible, you know, when you think about that stuff, because this is the wisdom that the ancients used. You know, you can't go wrong if it's like I always think about how uh, fire, um, the ocean, uh, just staring at trees, looking at the sky. You know, those those were the television back then. That was the yeah. tell a vision They're lo- That's where they're getting the visions from. That's where they're getting those connections from. And um, it's like the stars were telling them the stories about themselves and the fire was telling them stories about themselves. And so it's like, it's intriguing when you, when you look at that and just how much wisdom came through that, you know, combined with, let's say the, the omens of the animals and what each of those symbolize. And of course the herbs that you're eating and all those combinations of things. It'd be very interesting to know what would be, you know, according to people's specific astrology uh, symbols. And then you combine that with, the specific crystals that work well with them, like to be able to streamline one person's life in such a way where they're like, okay, I'm really high vibrating right now. And this is, you know, no wonder why so many manifestations, uh, preferable manifestations are arriving my reality. Right. Well, one more, one more stone here, uh, before I put the book, uh, another one that I've got, um, which is another meteorite is, uh, Tibetan tech type. Um, it, opening it's the keys are opening the chakra column attunement to supermental force accelerated evolution and light body awakening it uh, works for all the chakras um, physically it aids with spinal alignment and brings light into the cells emotionally it inspires the joy and wonder of spiritual awakening spiritually it gently awakens kundalini and allows downloads of spiritual light. Um, they are found in Tibet and southern China and believed to have formed in meteoric impacts more than 2,000 years ago. Uh, Chinese writer Liu Sun gave Tektites the name meaning inkstone of the thunder god. Um, Australian aborigines refer to them uh, as magic and believe that finding a tech type brings good luck. So, I mean, this, this book, uh, the pocket book of stones, who they are and what they teach is a very, very good book. Oh, can you look up one more for me? I have a selenite necklace and I also have a selenite uh, crystal. I'd love to see what kind of properties are, Absolutely. are in there. Selenite is good for uh, cleansing stones. All I stones, heard about that. Yes. They, they pick up, um, energies around you they pick up your energies and and they can become full i guess you could say um like uh, specifically amethyst which is a purple stone it um, is good for absorbing uh negative energies well eventually it needs to be uh cleansed and, and you can notice that by, if you're carrying the stone around, you notice that you're having really good days. You know, there's no, nobody's got an attitude or, or in a bad mood with you. You've got a good attitude. Things are just going good. And then, you know, uh, 
couple of weeks later, you start noticing like a string of, of bad or negative days. And if you're still carrying this stone around, you can tell a difference in when you have the stone and when you don't. And if you uh, put selenite on top of or set the stone on top of selenite and leave it, uh, usually I leave it for about a day, then you can pick your stone up again after it's had time to sit with touching the selenite. And uh, you'll notice that those good days come back. And it's strange. It's very strange um, how it works. But it's it's almost like the stones that you're carrying, if, if you're noticing benefits from them and those benefits start to dwindle away, if you'll take selenite and let the stone touch the selenite and leave it for, you know, overnight or leave it for a day and then pick it back up again, you'll notice those properties have come back or increased again. So that's that's one that's the reason that I use uh, selenite mostly. Let's see. Now, what's the best way to clean selenite, or does it, or is it just a self-cleaning crystal? Uh, I don't know. I don't know. So I heard that you know you can power them up. Some some stones you can power up in the sun. Some you can power up in the in the moon. Right. Yes. Yes, you can. And this book. Um, this book tells you all about that type of stuff. Wow. Uh, selenites, spiritual activation, communion with the higher self, spirit guides, and angels. Uh, third eye, the crown, and the etheric chakras. Um, physical clears energy blockages, redu- or induces inner alignment, facilitates healing. Emotionally inspires one to release insecurity and reach for one's desires. Spiritually facilitates art, cleansing, upper chakra activation, and spiritual attunement. So, yeah. Incredible. Selenite is fast and effective at cleansing the art field, and it can clear congested energies or negativity from one's physical and etheric body. Selenite can lift one's awareness to higher planes, making it possible to consciously meet one's spirit guides and guardian angels. It facilitates the experience of receiving inner guidance. Placing a selenite wand upon one's back along the spine, one can achieve an energetic alignment of the vertebrae and the chakras as well. Selenite is also an excellent stone for building energy grids a group of six or more wands arranged around one's body puts one into a mini energy vortex. Amplifies and harmonizes with most other stones. Has special affinity for the Synergy 12, which is Moldavite, uh, Phenocyte, Tanzanite, Danburite, White Azitulite, Brookite, Herderite, Scolicite, Naturalite, Petalite, Tibetan Tektite, and Satyalaka Azetulite. Oh, some of the, some of them have some <laughs> doozy names. Yeah. Wow. 
This is incredible, man. Well, thank you so much. I realize we're, we're running out of time here and I, and I still have to uh, add a, an introduction and an ending and stuff like that to this, but dude, thank you so much for taking time out of your day to, to spill the beans on all of your information, man. You're like a, an Indiana Jones of, of knowledge. So thank you so much for, Absolutely, man. You know, being open to this, man. Thank you for your explorations and for inspiring others to to do the same. Well, thank you for having me. Um, anyone that is is interested in learning more or wishes to uh, see about setting up a session uh, with me can find me uh, on Facebook, uh, Dream Surfers QHHT. Uh, that's also my Etsy page name. Uh, TikTok is at Rob Bronnebarger, um, and YouTube. I just started a YouTube page that has uh, your session uh, video. I love it. It's uh, also Dream Surfers QHHT. So thanks for having me, brother. It's it's an honor. Oh gosh, man, I'm so excited. Well, you have a great day, Rob, and I'll and I'll talk to you again soon. You too, brother. Thank you. Take care, bye. Bye. Here's your fun fact. A dog can locate the source of a sound in one six hundredth of a second and can hear sounds four times further away than a human can. Stay tuned to Inspirato Projecto for more fun facts. This is Blythe Baines, and you're listening to Inspirato Projecto.